Our scripture comes from Genesis 1, and it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Ruach, the living, moving Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And he separated light from darkness. And in verse six, God spoke and there was separation between sky and water. Verse nine, God spoke and dry land appeared. Verse 11, God spoke and the plants grew out of the land. Verse 14, God spoke and the sun and the moon were hung from the sky. Verse 20, God spoke and fish swam the seas and birds flew in the air. Verse 24, God spoke and animals of many kinds began to walk the land. Verse 26, and God spoke and humans were formed in the likeness of God. When God speaks, things happen. When God exhales, worlds are formed. In the beginning, the spirit of God hovered. And then it began to move and creation came to be. Who is the spirit of God? We talk a lot about God the Father and Jesus as son, but the spirit often fall, comes in a very distant third in our thoughts, in our songs, and in our theology. The scripture tells us she was there in the very beginning and that she was putting in work on behalf of creation. Some of you might have noticed that I call the Holy Spirit she. You might be offended, intrigued, or affirming of this choice, a pronoun for this third member of the Godhead. In the Hebrew scriptures, the Holy Spirit is called Ruach. In this first chapter of Genesis, she is described as the Ruach Elohim, the breath of God. The word Ruach is feminine in Hebrew, and she appears throughout the Hebrew scriptures as breath, wind, wisdom, and spirit. The gender of the Holy Spirit was often acknowledged as feminine in the church's past, until she wasn't. Now there's not enough time to go fully into the politics, but my divine imagination approached spirit and I asked, what happened? I asked her why her name was changed, why she has been overlooked and underappreciated as a member of the Godhead. And I imagined that she simply said, hashtag me too girl. Hashtag me too. Even though she is often forgotten, the Jewish mystical tradition of the Ruach HaKidosh is that she is the divine word, the embodiment of God's speech in the world. It is this Ruach HaKidosh that is present at the beginning of time that brings the very world into existence. She is the omnipresent force of God in our lives. And the Ruach is literally the air we breathe, the wind that moves throughout the world. Most of us take in an average of 16 breaths per minute. That's 23,040 breaths a day, 8,409,600 breaths if you uh, have a given year. And if you live a life expectancy of 78 years, the average, that is 
800 breaths in your lifetime. Every day we depend on the air to be there and most of us don't even think about it until something makes, makes us pay attention. Maybe you decide to go back to the gym or, or run a 5K and you get the clothes and the shoes and the eco-friendly water bottle. But when you start running, you realize that all the gear in the world can't make up for weak cardiovascular muscles. As you gasp for breath, you call out to God for help because you are too winded for words. Like so many things, you don't realize how much you depend on something until you think it might be gone. We all get winded sometimes, but then there are those of us whose breathing capacity is constrained by asthma. Science knows that asthma is a combination of genetic and environmental factors, and there are debates about which of these is more important. But what we do know is that environmental factors and particularly pollution is increasing and it has a direct correlation to the rise of asthma in our world. Scientists also agree that one of the most important contributors to asthma is the exposure of young lungs to toxins. While adults breathe at a rate of 12 to 20 breaths a minute, an infant breathes at the rate of 30 to 60 breaths a minute, meaning our babies are taking in the lung in the air and getting a triple dose of pollution at a time when their lungs are in a fragile state of formation. In 2015, black people were 20% more likely to have asthma than their white counterparts. Latino children were twice as likely to die from asthma as white children. In China, asthma is the leading cause of hospitalization for children. And a recent study found that exposure to pollution was one of the key reasons that Black and Latino communities were so disproportionately affected by COVID. Who knew that environmental racism was a pre-existing condition? This year, the death of George Floyd reignited the phrase, I can't breathe. Only a few weeks after Mr. Floyd's death, we marked six years from the day when Eric Garner was standing on Bay Street in Staten Island. A father of six, he spent most of his time trying to earn money to support his children. Folks said he wasn't always the best dressed guy because he rarely spent money on himself, electing instead to give it to his kids. On the day in question, he had just broken up a fight between two guys. The intervention left him out of breath and when he was approached by the NYPD, he kept insisting he wasn't doing anything wrong. Nonetheless, officers decided to arrest him and used an illegal chokehold. With their knees in his back, they applied pressure to Mr. Garner's lungs and his last words were, I can't breathe. These words became a rallying cry around the world about the injustice of police brutality. Eric Gardner would not have died without the unjustified force by the NYPD, but he also might have survived if he did not suffer from asthma. To maintain our global consumption, companies and municipalities make it an economic assessment that pollution can be concentrated in low-income communities and communities of color, like the one that Eric Garner grew up. We make a decision that these communities don't matter and that these people, like Eric Garner, find themselves literally unable to breathe. In the aftermath of his death, his daughter Erica raised her voice demanding justice. For more than three years, she waited for the federal government to intervene to no avail. In mid-2017, she gave birth to a baby boy and named him Eric 
after his grandfather. Due to the complications of her pregnancy and her own battle with asthma, Erica suffered a heart attack. Then at the end of 2017, just as Christmas approached, Erica had another asthma attack and a, and a subsequent heart attack that put her in a coma. During the Christmas season, with baby Eric only four months old, the Garner family said goodbye to Erica, yet another family member who just couldn't in January 2016, Erica Garner wrote an op-ed piece titled Black Lives Like My Fathers Should Matter. In it, she said, if our lives really matter, we'd have equal access to decent jobs, good schools, and affordable housing. If our lives mattered in this country, we'd have equal access to clean air, clean water, and real investment in Black neighborhoods. If Black lives mattered in America, those who routinely brutalize us wouldn't be the ones paid with our tax dollars to keep us safe. Even with my own heartbreak, when I demand justice, it's never just for Eric Garner. It's for my daughter. It's for the next generation of African-Americans. When I think about this presidential election, I'm not just thinking about the next four years, I'm thinking about the next 40. She penned those words more than four years ago and something about them is so prescient in this moment. As climate change exacerbates the effects of pollution, we are at a crucial time in human history. The decisions we make now will determine whether or not our children will be able to breathe into the future. If we want to honor God's creation, if we want to save our species, we must change. It is time to change in our energy policy away from polluting energy sources and towards creation-powered sources like wind and solar. It is time to stop thinking of healthcare as a privilege and ensure that all God's children have access. Less pollution and better healthcare would have let the Garners breathe a little longer. And they will help us to ensure that our children can breathe for centuries to come. Getting humans, and especially Americans, to shift away from consumption will literally require an act of God. I look at what is happening in the world and I think we need a rushing wind to come in and disrupt things, to blow some things over and whisk away the covers to expose some hidden problems. I don't know about you, but I want the spirit to come in and fill me up. I want her to give me the ability to walk and not get weary, to run and not faint. If you know that we need the spirit, if you know that you need the spirit, then I invite you to close your eyes and plant your feet firmly on the ground. Take a moment to just thank God for the fact that you can breathe. Now imagine that the spirit is filling your lungs with a breath of fresh air. Imagine that as you exhale, everything that stands in the way of being a person of conviction that God is calling you to be is blown away. Imagine that the spirit is filling you so that you can work with God, be used by God to give life to something new to create a world where we value every life. Imagine that you are about to give birth to a society that lives in harmony with the rest of the planet. Imagine that we are collectively giving birth to the best of what God desires for the world. Imagine that we create a world together where baby Eric's life is radically different than his grandfather's. Imagine that as you breathe in the power of the Holy Spirit that Erica 
and Eric, that Adam and Eve and Jesus are looking down, saying, breathe, just breathe, just 